Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. What? Yeah. No, I'm... Yeah, I'm behaving myself. I'm, no, I'm not playing in abandoned buildings. What? Again? Now. I suppose you had those people follow me again. Fine. Hey. This is Jimmy Farrell from Monty and the Farrell, and I want to thank all our subscribers. We have now passed 14,000 on our YouTube channel. But I wanna ask our subscribers to take the next step for us and become a full-fledged member of Monty and the Pharaoh. Yeah, that's right, folks. There's three different levels to choose from. There's free shirts, there's free autographs. Just check it out and become a member of Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty and the Pharaoh. Later. All right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestler broadcast. Monty DeFaro, seen only here out of Indie Music TV at the board is the super producer, Jeff, along with his partner. His partner. Jared. How you doing, Jeff? So far, so good. You ready for a big show? I'm ready for a marathon. I am ready for a marathon. With his partner? You make that sound interesting. I'm ready to go. Why, Batman and Robin were partners, right? Yeah, but did you see what they did to those two in Batman Forever? Let's not get into this. (laughs) Yesterday's show was great? What? Yesterday's show? Yeah, I remember. All right. Kind of, but you started feeding me alcohol, so you're going to ask me about yesterday now? Thanks a lot. It was was, – Farrell's going to be drunk. That's what's going to happen Going to be? Going to be drunk. There's already a stain on his script. Going to be. Yeah, okay. How you doing, folks? But I had had a good time talking about dolls. Absolutely. uh, We'll we'll talk to our guests about my idea of really bad wrestling dolls. I wonder wonder if our guests – Superstar Tommy Rich has his own doll. We'll have to discuss Ooh, that, right? Yeah, and what it comes with. All right, before yeah. we get to anything, though, <laughs> always on Monty DeFaro, we've got to talk about very, very serious matters. Oh, here we go. So here we we're go. just getting over a pandemic in this, com- you know, this, this country, yeah, that's right? True. Yeah. And uh, Recovery. I want to talk to you about I something think. that is really bothering me right now. Something's bothering you? The mullet is back. The mullet? The is- mullet is back. That's what's bothering you in the post-pandemic recovery. Wow. 
You are really out there. Okay, what do we got? We, we must stop this. The show must stop this from happening. The, we're going to stop the mullet? In the 6th century AD, what? the Roman historian Procoscobus, I, I like think, the mullet. wrote the following right. description of some of the Celtic warriors fighting fiercely against the invading Roman army. Yeah. Hair on their heads were cut off from the front to the temples to the back part behind the hangdown, which created the, the mullet. mullet. That's how we got the mullet. That's how we got the mullet. That's a violent way to come across a new hairstyle. And look at across here. I'm looking. I'm looking at this the the, the star. Yeah. And this this dude looks like he's got a he's fucking got, mullet. Dude, he's got this. <laughs> yeah, but it, but it looks so good. I mean, I had one back in the day, and I wouldn't mind if I had one now. What's the I problem? I just mad because he ain't got no damn hair. Right, well, that's yeah. That is. You definitely, had definitely. Hair as a young man, I just thought I would mention. Oh, thank that. you very yeah. much. You were, you I did. Were, you were dapper. Yeah, you were. What was, what was that word you used yesterday? <laughs> Ducks. Something. What was it? Ducks. That? Used some kind of word yesterday. I used a couple of words. Used some fraught. fancy words. Was it? Fraught was one of them. Fraught was I one of it. Fraught with. I like that. Oh you know, yeah, and there was another word that was fancy. Can't you, remember. you you impressed me when you. Uh... Yeah, well, English was the only class I actually went to. So, <laughs> you know, what are you gonna do? Oh my Anybody god! Anybody seen the Pharaoh? Nope. To the right is the star of the show, Mr. Jimmy Farrell, along with his partner Bart Griggs. Make up the band Wisteria Hall. Wisteria <laughs> Hall sings it in my dreams. This life, not far behind. And here comes the rain. You can find their music on the Wisteria Hall YouTube page, yep. Spotify. Hear them on Apple Music and Reverb Nation. In fact, they will. You will be performing later on today. Yeah. With, if my uh, voice decides to show up, I think it's out in the parking lot getting wasted. But, well, yeah. WWE Hall of Famer yeah. Coco Beware. <laughs> if you didn't know it, you are watching Coco. Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast. Monty Nefaro can be seen on the Monty Nefaro YouTube page, the Monty Nefaro Facebook Live page, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Anchor, Twitch TV, and Cable, Channel 115 every Tuesday at 9.30 and yeah. Saturday at 11.30. And Channel mm. 20 on Tuesday at 1 a.m. where over 100 – no, sorry – Oh, yeah, down, to right. 83, yeah, down to 83,000 viewers. We took an AEW dump, man. <laughs> we kind of did. What and we're glad to be part of the Amazon Music <laughs> team. We'll be right back with this pro legend, pro wrestling legend, Mr. Wildfire Tommy Rich, where he'll be in the 80s con where your friend and mine, Dave LaGreca, was saying that he My was so excited. He was so excited when he sees Tommy Rich at 80s con. He's going to be like, Tommy, I can't wait to hug you so hard. I want to touch you, Tommy. I'm going to hug him and kiss him and call him George. <laughs> we'll Is be that right from back. A Bugs Bunny cartoon? See we'll be back. Second. Yeah, maybe. Jeff Quest, graphics design, custom vinyl lettering, and all your art and video needs. 516-317-8204. That's for Jeff Quest, graphic design. Elm Logistics, for all your logistic needs, call 631-299-3595. That's 631-299-3595. Elm Global Logistics, pride, performance, and partnerships. Tired of that same old, same old breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Same old tasting scrambled eggs, burger, that dinner steak ribs or pork chops why not add a little bit of spice or just a touch of heat to make the difference change that scrambled egg with a little bit of johnny fabulous's john cena senior's million dollar jalapeno hot sauce great on burgers steaks chops and those barbecued ribs All right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monte Farrow. Only seen here at Indie Music TV. You notice how I delayed, delayed. when he said, when the producer, Jeff, said, go. Tell and why. I kind of put a delay in there. Why, why be that? Because I'm starting to learn that Hold the on. mics are usually pretty hot. <laughs> ahead of, see, I'm learning the game. I'm learning the game of this new producer. You're, you're readjusting. I'm adjusting, you're adjusting, checking, and collecting. You're adjusting collecting. on the fly. Nice but more importantly, this... Mr. Tommy Rich, how are you, Tommy? Here I am, guys. I didn't think they was ever going to quit talking. <laughs> yeah, really? First of all, Monty Fair, yep, there's two reasons I wanted to come back to y'all's show, and don't think it's Monty Fair. Oh, oh boy. 
It's this nice T-shirt I got that says Marty Brown and the good fucking wine. That's why I'm here. <laughs> well, well, he basically said that we suck, but the wine is good right. and it's worth coming back for. Yeah. That's another yeah. One. yeah. So, Tommy, thoughts right. on the mullet, man. Like, what is the di- Why are you wearing a mullet at this point? Well, we got a big 80s WrestleCon going on, and you never get the time traveled it. 80s was my favorite time of life, man. And so, hey, for a common cure for cancer, the mullet is in, baby. Hey, everybody better show out because it's going to be a big time there, man. I thank y'all for having me on your show, man. You are going to do huge. Everybody, again, in Northeast, wherever, is a huge Tommy Rich fan. How does it feel like you've made such a difference in people's lives, man? Think about that. Man, we just blessed all of us, you know. I mean, thank God for wrestling fans, first off. Thank fans for following. Just old school wrestling, man. I mean, uh, God, the wrestling fans in the 80s, man, it's it's so cool to come back and uh, just get. I mean, when I was 80s, that's the best time of my life, you know. So, to get to come to y'all's show and plug Cure for Cancer and uh, go back to the 80s again in my life, man, they nothing but a blessing. And thank all them folks out there, because without y'all, man, there wouldn't be no me or them either one. So, just thank y'all for tuning in and everything. And these two guys, they carrying the tradition on, man. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, it's our honor, sir, as always. So, on yesterday's show, Tommy, I came up with this great idea, right? You know, you know how... WWE and AEW, they merchandise these dolls and they sell them and these action figures, right? And I thought, what if I just started making action figures of wrestlers that, like, really didn't do much in the industry? <laughs> How do you think that would sell? Well, hell, I don't know. Is that is that a... Uh, no, no, not... No. No. Huh? Not... He's all the way over there. Oh, you must anyway. see one of them little dolls, midget dolls. I got to me. No, but what? Like Hold a weeble? On, they like, made a weeble out of you? Well, I, well, I hope y'all put me in your new wrestling doll. <laughs> no, well, doll. is there is there a Tommy? Well, I don't have that's one. what I'm saying. There is no Tommy Rich doll. Well, there's a midget doll. This is a midget. Well, all right, let's midget Tommy there, Rich. Let's see if there was a full scale Tommy Rich oh, doll. No, so they would. What accessory would it come with? You know how GI Joe came with the Kung Fu grip? What would the Tommy Rich doll come with? Uh, dang, I'm done for that. Well, it would come with the NWA World Heavyweight title back when wrestling was wrestling is one thing. Okay. Uh, you know, back in the day, I got to wrestle the best of the best. And, uh, you know, I mean, you talk about when wrestling was wrestling, you know. I have much respect for the guys today, but it's a different horse now, you know. So, But they, so stay, from, but they stay on the doll thing. What if we, like, did a twin pack of Tommy Wildfire Rich with Mr. Wrestling 2 in the shower, but his mask is on? That, is that too his strange? Mask on or yeah, no, no. You told me he showers with the mask on, right? He does. Would that be a little no, too see, strange? This is like why twin pack. See, this like is, he's got the bath towel. This is why I'm the business guy. I would make the twin pack Tommy Rich <laughs> Buzz Sawyer doll, like combo. What? I like it. I right? Okay. okay. And like, Buzz Sawyer would have that like do rag on his head, and you would be like just busted open with like, all... head gear. War too. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah right. It, maybe a couple of grams of cocaine in there, like what? maybe a little what, bit. Accessories no comment. And- <laughs> Come Co- cocaine accessorized. Accessories included. So, Tommy, check it out. I was watching an old video of you with Gordon Soli and stuff oh, like that. And yes, I, again, for the casual wrestling fan or whatever. But if you if you watch Tommy in Georgia Championship Wrestling, every time you used to walk out there, I don't know how big the audience was in Georgia. I'm assuming a couple hundred people, maybe at that point in that studio at that the was television it, taping. Right? Was there a yeah. hundred? Right. They were, they were out of their minds every time you walked out there. But here's a question for you, and not that, you know, just in general as a wrestler. Back in the 80s, it was a hot time. I'm sure women were all over all the wrestlers, and you guys are all good-looking guys, great builds, large well, in life. You, well, well it's brother. <laughs> hey, you coming on? <laughs> no, sir. I got to tell you. Even, Farrell, I, call him out. <laughs> I got to be honest with you. We're going to make the sexiest doll of him. I'll tell you what. When I, when, yeah. I, when I was watching the video, I'm like, I get it. This guy is a good-looking guy. I, Tom, like, I mean, Whoa. honestly, Tom, you were a rock star back in those it, days. It That's what he's getting at. I mean, go on. But 
weren't the wrestlers because the AIDS pat you know, I was thinking about this. The AIDS pandemic was at its heaviest Dude, that was back huge then. In the weren't 80s. The, weren't the all the wrestlers fear. scared about the whole AIDS pandemic thing? Like, going did that on? come into your consciousness? I mean, you got girls. Well, not him. Just saying no, about wrestlers you know, in but general. Again, Tommy was just generally speaking. Tommy, you were at the top of those girls screaming. They screamed for you. I mean, were you worried about with the fear factor with AIDS during the eighties? I mean. Or were you already involved seriously and you didn't have to worry about that I shit? I don't know. Back then, all the girls are clean. I don't know what you did. You got lucky. <laughs> well, it's the luck of the drawer, supposedly. They all had to give me an ID patch. I don't know. There we go. <laughs> what do you mean? To have, like, AIDS-free card? Or what? I don't know. Right. Like, like, they, <laughs> yeah. like they got their shot or something? They gave you a... I a, guess. A, I don't know. <laughs> that's pretty good. Oh, Maybe, maybe not. No, you know, on a serious note, I was thinking about it. Tom Brady, is that you? But that is, I mean, that's a fair question. Yeah. I mean, the 80s, you know, of course, uh, back in the day, I did drugs, too, Mm -hmm. you know. So, I mean, and and, and that's where a lot of that come from, too, the just old dirty needle, which I never used. Thank God. Might have snorted a little bit, not saying I did or didn't, but anyway, I mean, it was, the 80s was cool, though. I mean, uh I'm glad I don't do drugs today because it's, it's a different world with the fentanyl and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just a different world. And as far as AIDS, I don't, I can't speak for nobody else. I mean, but I don't guess you did worry about it. Right, right, <laughs> right, right, right. Do you, I guess you consider yourself. Ask Chris what he thinks. I'm going to have to ask him. Chris, what does he think? <laughs> I see. He's passing by. <laughs> <laughs> about AIDS in the 80s. AIDS in the 80s. Yeah. yeah. What do I think about? Yeah. It's a nightmare. Yeah. See, see, yeah. that's a were, were you worried, like, deeply back in those days about, like, geez, I better watch what I do with my, you know. I passed on more situations than I would even Liar. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But wait a minute. Yeah. More, more. The, cra- the mics are crapping out. <laughs> I, I was in the music business. I hear you. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Well, that's why Chris is here, because the mics are crapping out. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> we got ourselves a slobber knocker. Slobber knocker. <laughs> Jeff, you want to go to commercial break? <laughs> Hold on, Tommy. Please stand by. We are expecting uh, and experiencing. Sorry, guys. Inside of the. Am I talking too loud? No, no you're fine. Hex no. Hex no. I think we should continue. All right, guys. Are we set? Is your mic off? All right, good. Back to the story. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. I just got to laugh. The other other option is crying. Got, so a, got a legend in the house. And here we go. All right, Farrell, you're up, brother. Go yeah, on. well, why don't we just get off with nerd questions because that's what I'm here for. So let's get the nerd questions going. Uh, Tommy, as you know, Undertaker just entered the uh, WWE Hall of Fame, uh, obviously one of the all-time greats, and you've had past experience uh, with the Undertaker, obviously crossing paths with him. Uh, did you see the potential back in his uh, WCW tenure that this guy would turn into basically a Mount Rushmore face? In- hey, he's the living dead, man. I mean... Uh- I knew him when he was Mark Callis before right. he ever went to WWE. And of course, he was a talent then. I mean, as big as he was, he could walk at top rope back then and, uh, you know, just a heck of a talent and just a good person to me. I, you know, I never knew him after he went to WWE, but always very nice to me. Uh, God bless him. He had a hell of a run. That's for dang sure. What was your thoughts the first time you saw him come out as The Undertaker or, you know, became aware of what he was doing? Did you, well, what, what well was at Tommy first Richley? I thought, you know, but but that's when the business went another way, started going another way, you know, and instead, I mean, it was all characters, which he was a character, but but that was a little heavy for wrestling, but, uh, I mean, he's living proof that it worked, you know, and God bless him, and, uh, I mean, hell, he's dead and still living, you know, so, yeah. I mean, did you, again, kind of a stupid question, but did you foresee him being this icon in the wrestling business? Not necessarily The Undertaker, but he was a hell of a talent. I mean, even when he was in Georgia, I mean, you, yeah, you you knew he was going to do something. I, I mean, who'd have thought, I mean, The Undertaker thing, coming to the ring and the cat, all of that. I, I, no, I would have never seen that. Right. But he took it. And produced it and took it to levels that nobody ever knew of. You know, right. I mean, hell, 
is like me. I've done it for 40 plus years, and he's more than that. And he was on top up there. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, it's it's uh, it's crazy. But I mean, I knew he would be a star. So you did know he was going to be somewhat yeah, of a star. Yeah, I mean, he when he started Georgia, I don't know how long he'd been working, but you could see the talent, you know. And which I hadn't been, you know, I hadn't been in Georgia that long either. And I was young, but you could see. You know, and, and and for big guys to make it, of course, it's a big. Back when I started, it was a big guy's business anyway. You know, I mean, uh, so to see him make it to come to New York and, and like the South, all the big guys come through, but wasn't everybody necessarily as big as the guys that went to New York? I mean, just the big guys. It was a big guy territory, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I. You know, I, I don't doubt what he did because he did it, you know. Undertaker, I mean, that was a hell of a gig he got. Was he a, was he a shy kid in the uh, early days of his career in, in the locker room that you saw? Or was he like, what was his personality uh, like before he became who he became? I mean, we was all young. I mean, he he was big, but he was a, a young young kid still getting into business and and. He, I mean, I very respectful as far as I knew him. I mean, I didn't have a lot of dealings with him, but I mean, Mari, I mean, is Undertaker. I'm sorry, but anyway, I mean, he was, you know, he was always a gentleman. I never seen him getting mad or nothing like that. I mean, he was always good, listened. I mean, and that's what the young guys did, you know. I mean, it didn't matter if he was as big as all of them or bigger. You had respect for the guys that was showing you the way, you know, and and. Uh, God bless him, and I'm glad he made it because, I, I mean, you knew he had the potential, yeah. Well, the guys that you wrestled against, you're just like, they're not going to make it. I could just tell they just don't have it, or, or is that hard to judge when you're just having a match? Well, it, it's, it, it's hard for me because, I I mean, you look at the guys I wrestled. I mean, King Kong, Mosca, Blackjack, Lanza, uh, Bundy, uh, Stan Hansen, the Andersons. I mean, you know, I wrestled the best of the best, uh, for me to see, they'd already made it, actually. You know, so I, I never really wrestled. I mean, I was either, like, my thing in Georgia, and I guess that's why my longevity was so good in Georgia, too, because I would do singles and and have a run with somebody, and then, like, first off, Tony Atlas and myself. You know, we were the first salt and pepper team to ever win the Southern Tag Team titles, and that's back in the day, I'm talking. Yeah, sure. You know, uh, Tony didn't show up at the town one time because of a sign. It was, I mean, I'm going back. and But I love Tony Atlas to death. And, he, I mean, he was a pioneer of this wrestling business, you know, bar none. I mean, I know there was Burhead Jones and, and, and Rufus R. Jones. I mean, there was a bunch of them. But Tony, I mean, he, he set the bar, you know, I mean, as far as I'm concerned. We'd fly in. He'd have one of my babies on each shoulder. You know what I mean? I mean? He was just good people, and still love Tony today. I mean, he's one that never changed. You know, with the hard times, and Tony been through some hard times. You, you know, were, and we all have. But you Tony said had a little tougher times, I think. You said something interesting. The one of the first, if not the first, salt and pepper, quote unquote, team. Uh, did you guys take any shit for that? Did you ever hear any crap for that back in the oh, day? Oh no, good. No, because because I was a blue-eyed soul boy. You know. The folks love me, and, and and as far and the folks love Tony too. I mean, it was, you know, it, it was a good thing. Right. At the time, it was perfect. I mean, it was. Uh, I get goosebumps thinking about it. I mean, thinking to, to see where it's at now, and and you know, it's uh, it's it's just sad sometimes things happen and stuff. But Tony, you know, I mean, we were like trendsetters as far as that time was concerned. And then and and then I'd had a run with him, and then I'd go on a single. Uh, whether it's Rascal Mosca or Ken Patera, I wrestled at Ken a lot, Superstar. I mean, I can name days all day that that I think is going to make it. They already made it. I, you know, I never had to wrestle. Uh, I was in the position that, you know, when I had a run, and, and that's the reason I stayed in Georgia so long. I mean, because I would do singles, and then I'd go, like, Wahoo McDaniel come in. they team us up to work against the Andersons. Uh and and uh, me and Stan Hansen, when he turned good, you know, we teamed up together. Uh, me and him, we wrestled in Marietta, Georgia. Quick story. But we had an hour time limit. Ole Anderson comes in. He said, it was Ivan Koloff and Ole against me and Stan. 
said, what do y'all want to do? Mary had a sold out. I mean, it didn't hold but maybe 8,000 to 10,000 people, but sold out. And uh, he said, what do y'all want to do? Stan Hansen looked, and of course, I ain't going to say nothing because I'm, you know, a young kid. Stan said, well, you're the, you're the booker. What do you want to do? Only said, we'll go an hour Broadway then. If that's what you want to do, that's what we'll do. So we go out in Marietta, Georgia, we go an hour Broadway. Come back the next week, hour and a half. Only, what do y'all want to do? Stan says, it's your job. What do you want to do? Only says, we'll go an hour and a half Broadway. Sold out again now. Jeez. Mind you, our Broadway usually if the house falls off. Hour and a half Broadway sold out again. We go out there, we go an hour and a half Broadway. Come back the next week, two-hour time limit. Two hours. Two hours. And the people sold out again. What do y'all want to do? Well, whatever you want to do, Oli. He said, well, we'll do a two-hour Broadway. At this time, I'm thinking, hell, just beat me. You know, you know. So we go out there, we go out and sold out now three times. All of that. Hour and 45 minutes. We're going. Only says, duck the clothesline, do you Luthez press? I thought, well, fuck. We Excuse me, Chris. Go ahead. I thought, well, we might as well go the two hours now. But anyway, I ducked the clothesline, hit it with press, Bill went crazy, and sold it out all three times. I mean, that's how, you know, and it, it's easier to go an hour in a single match than it is a tag because the rhyme and re- rhythm's different. Mm-hmm. So to do that, and you're not a big Stan. I mean, he's a big boy. I mean, mm-hmm. and and three weeks in a row, we sold it out doing that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you couldn't do that today. I don't even know if nobody knows how to do that. You know, I and I and unless I had them to follow, I couldn't have done it. Right. But but uh, yeah, it's crazy. A couple of fan, you, couple of fans out there. Ace Hunter says Tommy Rich still looks the same as he did in ECW. WTF looks amazing. There you go. Whatever his lifestyle, tell him to keep it up. A lot of people supporting your mullet. Damn people it. loving That's the right. mullet. Roy Batiste wants to ask Tommy, which you enjoy, which did you enjoy more, GCW or the Memphis Territory? Memphis was good, uh, but I love Georgia. Man. Thank, thank you. You thank know, you. I love Georgia. I mean, that's that's. I mean, when I first started, I. I they had like the Memphis in, which was Jerry Jarrett promotion, and then they had the Nick Goulas in. And uh, I started on Nick Goulas in because they didn't want they wanted to save me to come because I didn't know a lot. So I went there to learn anyway. But we'd do TV in Chattanooga, and after TV, we'd go Nick Goulas's uncle or brother. Somebody had a a Greek restaurant, but it picked up Atlanta TV's my deal. And we'd go over there and watch it. And I always thought to myself, I'd already made the big time, really. I mean, just to get into professional wrestling. But I thought if I ever got to go to Georgia, because I seen Dickie Slater wrestling number two, it just them guys. It was just, you know, it was it was a big thing to me. And then I got the opportunity to go, man. And uh, you know, it was a blessing, man. But and it had to be Georgia. But I love Memphis too because that's where I started. You ever wish that you had maybe traveled more because as watching your whole career almost from afar through the wrestling magazines. And here in New York, we did get to see you on Georgia Championship Wrestling. But you were so over, and I always wondered, how come he never came to Vince? How come we only saw him in the NWA? Was it because you didn't like to travel? Because, uh, you know, we've, I, you well, know we hear these things, but... It was... I just old Southern cornbread boy, to be honest. Uh, and, and, Rod, and, and to be honest, Roddy Piper had me booked one time for Vince... And uh, at the time, that's when WCW had started, and I'm not a big Crockett fan. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I just I just quit with them. And uh, well, Crockett told me at Thunderbolt, he come in, he said, he said, see, I'll never tell this story. But anyway, I love y'all. Thank you. Thank but you. Do tell. Anyway, Crockett come in when he bought WCW, and he said, uh, some of you guys will be hired, and some of you will be fired. Well, I knew I had a job, but I had a lot of friends, you know. I had a lot of guys that, that you know, I respected and loved, too, you know. I mean, just my guys. And uh, 
But anyway, the icing on the cake, the top of the story was he picked a feud that he was going to fly to do TV, and he told me and Thunderbolt Patterson we was going to have to drive. Right. You know, because we was rebels. You know, he didn't care for Thunderbolt, and he didn't care for me either, and which that's good because I didn't care for Jim Crockett either. So, mm. you know, but. but uh, can, I, can I ask you, why didn't you care for Jim Crockett? He seemed very. Okay. Outsider looking in, just fans, seem very soft. Like, we look at Vince McMahon, this tough businessman. Don't mess with him. He will just be done with you. I guess I always perception. felt like Crockett was perception. Why didn't you like him? See, this cooler that got me towed up, and I'm telling you all the truth. That's here, brother. Yeah. I hope Crockett questions it, too. No, I went and did a big show for Crockett. I was hot off Atlanta now. I did a big show in uh, Charlotte for him at the big building. It was like third from last, but I was a draw. I mean, back then, maybe I didn't realize it, but I know now, which I knew then. Right. But anyway, uh, sold slap out. What do you think he paid me? Sold out. How sold many people? Sold out third how, from the last match. How many people? How many people in the arena? You think? How many tickets sold? 10,000. 10 to 15. 15,000? Uh, so, yeah. in back reality, in I would think you would have been paid $10,000. Well, you wouldn't have made that much anyway, but he paid me $150. $150? I can, I, and, and I told Mr. Barnett, I said, Mr. Barnett, I said, I don't mind traveling. I said, but I can go to Carrollton, Georgia from you, for you and be to D Ford's a bar and make more money for you and have a good time. You know, um, Crockett didn't like me, you know, for what reason, I don't know, because I was a wild-eyed Southern boy. You know, and that might have been the problem. I was wild back then. But I always come, whether it was 10 minutes or an hour, I always did my job. But they, but that kind of explains it. You're actually explaining it. it business is business, right? He yes. may not like you, but if you're drawing money, remember you, last time you heard you spoke about Oli, and Oli didn't like you, but he realized that you were a draw for him. You know, he tried not to make it work out, but he couldn't stop the magic, and he no. went with it. Right. Was Crockett just that stupid that he couldn't go with the magic? Well, I just, I, just cause, I don't know. I, you know, I might wake up drinking a beer, and I might wake up and go to bed drinking a beer. But I always did my job. Right. You know, um, and I can say that about a couple of more promoters, but I'm not going to mention them. But you asked the question. Just, uh, I mean, I just, like Mr. Barnett would ask me, he'd say, you know, why don't you want to go? And I told him. And, but, like, I'd work for Bob Geigel, and I didn't give a damn if I made $40 because Mr. Geigel would pay you. If it was sold out, he would pay Tommy Rich what it's worth. I'd rather go make $40 for him than I had even go to work for Jim Crockett. When Roddy Piper called you and, and gave you a pitch, obviously he must have given you some sort of pitch because you said that he called on behalf of WWE. Did you think to yourself, look, if you're on a card with Hulk Hogan, you ain't getting no $150, my friend. I mean, did you think about, like, maybe I should go up east and work See, with... See, Pharaoh, you don't know what you're talking about. Well, I, I mean, doesn't it make sense? Well, hold on. If they pay me 150 here and 150 there for a big show, then why is he going to pay me any different? You don't think he would have made money oh, I, I don't know. He's the middle word a lot. Right. No, I understand. I understand. You know, so let me ask you this. But you you were so over, I feel like Vince, working in Vince's company in the late 80s with the Hogan thing going on, I'm pretty sure that you would have made some serious cash. Well... And I may have. I'm speculating, my well, friend. No, no, no. But yeah. And at the same time, yeah. and, and Gunk will open the territory there in Georgia at about the same time and mm -hmm. give me a good guarantee to work for her. Right. I work maybe two or three days a month. Right. And and so, and so and like I said, I'm just an old Southern cornbread boy, man. Were they taking care of you when you were fighting in, you know, the Omni and stuff for the for the title? I mean, were you getting a decent pay for yeah, that, please? Yeah, yeah. Well, thank God for that. So, yeah. Back, okay. back, to, back to Crockett. Uh, it's fair to say in his passing, you probably didn't shed a tear, which is fine, I'm, I'm assuming. Well, I didn't even know it passed because uh, I would keep yeah. up with it. All right, yeah, there so go. there you go. You don't have a TV either? But here's okay. my thing, right? You have to stand up for yourself too. Why doesn't Tommy Rich either, one, use his Tommy Rich power and go to a gentleman, maybe I'll just say Flair. I don't know where Flair was on that level at that time and say, yo, this is ridiculous. You need to stand up for me or – Say to Crockett, Interesting. this is ridiculous. Okay. $125 for wildfire Tommy Rich? Give me my money. Like, how come that doesn't take place? Because business is business, man. And I just, I nipped it at the bud. I just didn't go. Right. Gotcha. Right. You know, screw me once, Right. shame on you. But screw me twice, that's my fault. Understood. And I wasn't right. going to give him the opportunity again.
Because you know where you stand. Dusty Rhodes, the same match would have probably made three to five thousand dollars. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, so, you know, but but it just is a different. You know, it's just different. I mean, that was just me. This is kind of a tough question, so I want to I want to put it the right way. So, in the, in the Northeast, growing up, right, we when we were taught about Southern people, we always thought about them being racist and that type of situation. That's not necessarily what I thought. I thought about Leonard Skinner. Okay, right? well, but that's me. that's you, Farrell. Yeah, that is me. So my question to you is: you grew up in a you grew anyway. up in the South, beautiful family. I'm assuming. Um, how were you taught about racism growing up? And then when you get into wrestling business, you get to team up with a, you know, a Tony Atlas and a Thunderbolt Patterson. I don't know how you were taught. So I'm asking you how your family taught you. And then how did you react in the wrestling business when you were teamed with someone of a different color? Well, I'll be perfectly honest. I mean, I was taught to treat people like they treat you. I mean, it, it don't matter what color your skin is. I mean, if somebody treats you res- with respect, you treat them with respect. And that's the way, I mean, that, that, that's the way I was brought up. I mean, it wasn't no black or white, you know. I mean, if somebody was nice to me, I was nice back, vice versa, you know. I mean, uh, and and like I said, and when I was in high school, it was a harder time. But we had some black folk that played on the football team, man. And, and they'd come to my house. They'd eat at my house. You know, I mean, I, I just, the way folks treat you is the way you treat them, you know. So, and I try not to treat nobody disrespectful and hope it don't do it to me either. Good fair for enough, you. Good enough. for you. Um, How about you? How was you brought up? Good question. So, um, I was grow, grew up on sports. My father taught me about sports. And I guess in the mind of a sports person, right, there is no color, right? Because yeah. it's all about being in a team. So, I was always taught not like you not to look at a person for their color, race, religion, whatever, for the human being that they are, right? Yes, so, sir. And, uh, yeah, that's how I was brought up. But it, I will be honest, there w- there is a difference between back then, you might not have felt it, we're not the same people, but yeah. I always felt the South was, to be fair, was a little behind the North in and, a lot and of it thinking. May, it may or may not be, but uh... – no disrespect, but you northern folk can be disrespectful. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You know, you know, I think I shared with you. I can't I wait to get out of here, right? Now. I live in Myrtle Beach and deal with a lot of y'all. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we gonna do no it down here. Again. No, dude, I'm not judging, but y'all pretty. Y'all. Oh, you're judging a little. You better be careful because I'm going to move this guy to Myrtle Beach right next to you, oh, and then boy, you're I'm really going to be in trouble. I'm going to bring down Myrtle Beach right there. I'm going to bring down the value of your beachfront property, I'll tell you that. Uh, before I go to break, I want to recognize the passing of Rocky King. You remember Rocky King? Yes, sir. Did you know I'll Rocky? Tell you a story about Please, Rocky. thank you. Go ahead. Hit it. Well, I thought it was going to break. No. No. Anyway, we're at a bar there again. I just started wrestling in Memphis, and Rocky had come in. And, uh, we went to this bar called Wellington's down on Summer Avenue. And it's me, Rocky, Bill Dundee, and a couple of other underneath guys. And anyway, we go in, we go up to the bar, and we order a beer. And the bartender wouldn't serve him beer. And I thought, what the hell's going on? So anyway, a couple of words went from here to there. And uh, anyway, long story short is, I said, well, if this, we're going to just leave. But, yeah, I've always, you know, Rocky Rocky Johnson was a very good person to me, you know. And we look around, and all of them's gone but me and Rocky. And Rocky, said, Rocky said, where'd they go? I said, I don't know, but I'm with you, boss. You know, so, yeah, I knew Rocky way back. But, yeah, Rocky was, Rocky was always, and I know people say what they want. I mean, some people might not think the best, but he was always, that's how I judge somebody. You know, you respect me, whatever. I'm going to treat you the same way. And Rocky was always very nice to me. Oh, that's a great. We'll take a quick commercial break. We'll be back with this icon, Mr. Tommy Rich. See you in a sec. The Monty and the Pharaoh Show is brought to you by... Because wine is your second favorite four-letter word. California wine, New York attitude, good fucking wine. Yeah.
Do you treat your dog as part of the family? <laughs> well, so do we. So why not celebrate your pup's birthday with the ultimate party box? Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Party Pup Info, and let us make your pup's party or any celebration perfection. You want to star in your own success? Call QuickCast, www.quickcast.com, 866-7-CAST-NOW. That's 866-7-CAST-NOW. QuickCast. Star in your own success. You need a body shop? You need engine repair? Auto Excellence. Collision Specialists. 631 261 6420. That's 631 261 6420. Auto Excellence. And Nitro's Garage for all your automotive needs. Call 646-675-2349. That's 646-675-2349. For all your automotive needs, Nitro's Garage, ask for Jack. Hi, it's Josh from Under the Table Hot Sauce. I'm here with my friend, the star of the show, Jimmy Farrow. What's up, JB? Nah, nothing. It's been a hot summer, and for all your barbecue needs, you can go to UndertheTableHotSauce.com. 13 unique flavors to choose from, created and bottled in a Long Island kitchen. UndertheTableHotSauce.com. Let's go chow, JB. Let's do it. All the flavor, twice the burn. Wrestling fans, now you too can look as cool as Monty and the Pharaoh by wearing the official Monty and the Pharaoh sunglasses at night for $8.99 each. That's only $8.99 each. Now available at MontyandTheFarrow.com. All right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty and the Pharaoh, only seen here out of Indie Music TV, where we have our special guest, this pro wrestling icon, Mr. Tommy Rich. Tommy, I'm a little concerned about please, you. Please, please, please. Monty, don't call me Mister again. Every time you, somebody calls me Mister, I have to assume position. <laughs> yeah, Tommy's fine. You got it. So we always hear about the the tough life of the pro wrestler, right? You got some documentaries out there. It was very tough on the road, and you know, from again from being on the outside, I think we spoke about this in the back in the green room. I was like, what was so tough about being a pro wrestler? You went on the road. Women loved you. I'm sure everywhere you ate, they gave you free food. What was so tough about it? (laughs) (laughs) I have nothing really. I guess we're just bitching. That's hilarious. I'm sorry, Tom. Yeah. Please do explain. I didn't say that. Yeah. Please explain. Yeah. 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 You're not complaining. You're not complaining. but, But but you know. I was one of them guys when I mean, we wrestled six, seven days a week, but you look at some of the guys that went to the gym and stuff. Sure. I mean, I, you know, I'd go every now and then, have a health drink. Right. <laughs> but but a lot of, I mean, it was hard on the road. For, for a lot of guys, I mean, I could see where it'd be hard. But see, I, there again, I was blessed. I wrestled right there in Georgia and Tennessee. You know, some guys you'd have to, you might go to Florida for, six months to a year, and then you had to pack your shit up and move to Texas or somewhere. Where me, I, I was, you know, just so blessed and lucky that, you know, I went to Georgia, and, and, and you know, you stay so long, and you do get burnt out. And so, so, but I would go home to Tennessee. So, so it was, I, I was, you know, it was, it was all good to me. I, it was all a party, I'm going to tell you. You Even just wrestling for an hour, man, to just get to go out there and get in the ring and, and the people buy what you're selling, man, that's what it's all about. I, you know, uh, you you had to slow down and smell them roses, man, and, and like today, it's just so fast, people. I, I just, you know, I don't see how they get it. I mean, you know, I did it at the best time in the world, man, and had so many good, good coaches or whatever, you know, that uh, – it just, I, it's, you know, I have nothing, you know. I mean, you do hear people say we're about the business. I mean, and I've had ups and downs, too. I mean, I've been broken a broke, stink dog. But but I wouldn't take nothing in the world for it. How did Paul Hammond treat you? Just curious. I met Paul when he came to Georgia. I mean, to Tennessee. He came to Tennessee. was where he first got a, a place managing. Managed me in Austin Idol. 
you know, Paul was always good. And, and they brought me up there with Tommy Dreamer. I uh, had a lot to do with it. And I didn't even know Tommy, but uh, he was a big Tommy Rich fan, you know. And I love Tommy Dreamer to death. Uh you know, but Paul always good, and they took me to ECW. They treated me very good. Uh, you know, it come down, I was going up there to wrestle, and then they had, figured the FBI thing out and asked me would I rather, uh, I mean, would I mind managing? Well, hell, you made the same money. So. No, sir, I don't mind. Sign me up. I ain't never done it, but I damn sure try. And, and which it got over like, a, you know, it got over so good. I mean, it was, you know. You know, some pie, baby. Yeah, I didn't realize you were Italian. Did Paul pay you on full time? Full-blooded. Yeah, full-blooded. Did, yeah. did Paul pay you on time all the time, or is his reputation in ECW uh, kind of accurate? Did you get your paychecks on time with Paul? Or? Always. Really? Oh, he did like you. Okay. All right. You did all right. But they was rolling when I was there. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. I, no. Yeah. I, you know, they was, uh, now they had a wild and crazy bunch and I thought I was wild and crazy, what'd but you I think, fit in good. What you think of the fans? What you think of the passion of the fan base when you got to ECW? You must have been a little surprised, right? Like, holy crap, these people oh, well, are I really the Southern Bible Belt. No, I know, know, but this was like where, their whole, you know, where shit or hell's a bad word. Let yeah, alone that F word and all yeah, that. I mean, y'all sling some words around up here. Little too. little culture shock when you got <laughs> yeah, to ECW yeah, with the crowd. Bit, okay, bit. okay. They made you feel welcome, though, I would assume, though. I mean, you're oh, an incoming... I love from to hate me. See, that's the thing. That's a difference. He's not Italian. That's, that's a difference today and, and uh, yesterday, too. I just, you got to have good versus bad. Right. And if you're going right. to be bad, then you got to be bad. You right. can't be in between shaking hands and kissing babies. Right. That's what the good guys do. Right. And I think I think that part of the business is lost now. I think everybody, you know, you got your good guys, but everybody else is an in-betweener, I think. Yeah, well, I was going to ask you, what has become of the Tommy Rich type baby face? Did Stone Cold kill that when he started getting cheers as a good guy acting bad? Because it seems like there is no Tommy Rich type nowadays. What do you well, think changed the role of the baby face? Well, the business is so fast now. Mm. Nobody sells. Mm. I mean, if it hadn't been for selling, I wouldn't even got over. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what got me over, right. was, you know, getting out there and getting my ass whooped and then right. fighting back. You know, right. I mean, sure. that's that's what I was all about. So let me ask you this, right? So you've been in the wrestling industry, obviously, a very long time. Tony Khan is running AEW, right? Billionaire, however he made his money, don't care. Dad. Do you think there's, do you think there's a problem? That a wrestling fan is running an organization and it's not a true wrestler that understands the business and this is destroying the business of what he's presenting right now. That's all. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, um, I tune into that every now and then, but it's got so wild too. I mean, um, but it's, it's, I don't know. The business has just changed so much. I wouldn't take nothing. I'm glad I got to wrestle when I did. Right. You know, because 40 years from now, ain't nobody going to know none of them. Hmm. In 40 years, they still know Tommy Rich. Damn years. straight. That's, that's, what we, that's what we that always say. But here, but yeah. I'll, I'll pose right. this to you, though. Mm-hmm. Would your type of wrestling or our type of wrestling get yeah. over with today's audience? So your point is well taken. No one's going to remember... 90% of these people, they might remember Roman Reigns. Sure. But they yeah. will remember Roman yeah. Reigns. Sure. They will. Without a doubt. Yeah. But overall, you're 100% correct. But would Tommy Rich, Buzz Sawyer, Steel Cage go over with today's audience? Buzz Sawyer invented the, the hell in the cell. That's where that come from. Mm. That's that lost tape for 20, 30 years that they finally found. Mm. You know, I mean, it was, it was raw. It was raw. Paul Ellering up over the ring in the cage. Then they throwed some fence over the top. That's where all that stuff started from. Hmm. You know, I might not be in the Hall of Fame in WWE, but every time they do one of the things, they'll call me and ask me to do an interview. You know, I could tell them to kiss my But, hey, you know, that's business. Why are you not in the Hall of Fame? What the hell is wrong with this picture? I mean, have they ever reached out to you? You should be in the Hall of Fame. Sorry, I'm just saying it. But have you ever been approached? Have you ever heard wind that they might consider no. it? Uh, and I never will be and don't care. I mean, uh, all I know is Ooh. I know what I've done in this wrestling business. Of course. Hey, 
No, no regret. In. No regrets. Yeah. Don't expect nothing out of none of them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I did it for the wrestling. Hey, how about a quick question from when it all started for me on on, on UHF back in those days? Uh, Always a fan of Gordon Soley. Can you tell us, uh, you know, how close you were with Gordon? Give us a couple of stories about the greatest announcer ever, Gordon Soley. Oh, Gordon. I mean, like he'd be in town. We'd go to the bar. Tim. Tim Woods, wrestling number one, he mm-hmm. owned LP Pips in, in Atlanta there. And I, me and my wife would go with Gordon to the to the bar. We'd have drinks. Uh, I'd take him to the airport after TV. Me and Gordon had a good relationship. Cool. I mean, Gordon, uh, you know, he was, to me, in which I've never met around me, Gene Green, so I don't know him, but as far as Southern style, Gordon Soley, number one, bar none. How was his personality? We only saw the announcer. We never got to know him as a person. How was he as a person, Gordon Soley? Well, he was, he was, he liked me, you know. So me and him got along. I mean, he might not be everybody's cup of tea, but me and him got along. And uh, you know, it's like, uh, I, but there again, that's just where I was so blessed. I mean, Gordon liked me. The guys that I wrestled liked me, so they taught me, and I listened and learned. I mean, Gordon. No matter how good you are, Gordon could take, he could make or break you. No matter how good you are, it's what that man's saying about you over there. Mm. And he always spoke well of me. Bill After, another man. I was on more wrestling magazine covers than Hulk Hogan or any of them. You were a stud. You were a stud. You were always on those covers. Always. All them guys out there that promoted shit can say what they want about Tommy Rich. I know what Tommy Rich did. Oh, yeah. So, so I ain't got to be in no Hall of Fame. Them fans know what I did, mm. you know. Trust me, at the 80s con. You should be in, though. Trust I'm me, sorry. at the 80s con, in. you're going to be on fire. People, everybody's going to oh, want to be so with Tommy Rich. I'm so excited about that, you know. Plus, it's a cure for cancer. Connor's cure for cancer, man. I'm excited about yeah. it. And just to go back to the 80s and see some of your old buddies you ran with, man, it's so cool. And I just want to invite the people out because it's going to be one heck of a day. I will be. You've had to watch a lot of uh, losses of your friends and, and co-workers. Uh, Scott Hall passed away recently. Uh, and Can you share any thoughts on Scott Hall? <laughs> Scott, me, I'll tell you, and Brian Pillman's gone too. Of course, of course. I'll tell you a story about both of them. We're out in Texas, and we stop at this steak place. And it's me, Scott, Brian, I think Nick Patrick, and Brad Armstrong, I think. But anyway... Anyway, they had to deal. 72-ounce steak plus all the trimmings. You eat it all. You eat it all. It's for nothing. Well, Brian Pillman and Scott Hall both ordered that. And I could see Scott Hall maybe eating it, but I still, they brought it out. It's just like a big hunk of meat. Anyway, Brian Pillman, they both, them people's jaws fell. They both eat that 72-ounce steak Plus, eat all them trimmings, man. Them people, they, they like to die, you know, because nobody ever does it, really. But both of them, at two in one sitting, ate it, man. Uh, Brian Pillman, he's another one gone. He went way too early. His son, I heard, is doing real good in the wrestling. Uh, so, and, he, and, he, and he's got a mullet. Man. And he's got a mullet. He's got a serious mullet. Serious mullet. My brother. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah, mullet is back. With the roster, because they added another guy. Yeah, so. that's Mullet City. So, you know, again, our first introduction also, when he was talking about Soli, was Roddy Piper. Yes. Right? Yes. So we don't really know Roddy Piper. He comes from Portland. He's in Georgia. Makes his mark as a announcer. Right. Uh, right. Gets in a big feud with you. Tell us a little bit about Roddy Piper, the man. Man. Man, oh, man. A good family man, loved his family. Uh, God, and he showed, I mean, me and Roddy run the roads together. I mean, he just, uh, there's another one gone too early. I mean, Roddy, and, and Roddy just, uh, I met his son, uh, very good, very good kid, very respectful. You know, it's it's it just, it's, it's sad that we've lost so many around my age, man. I mean, it's, uh, and you could go on and you can list a lot of them. Big Terry Gordy, man, one of the best in the business, man. He went way too early. I mean, uh, God, I went, you know, sat and told Gino Hernandez. I went to Houston, uh, and, you know, I met Gino. You know, I mean, 
Chris Adams, man, it's just it's Chris sad Adams. that so many is gone. And, and all of them's in my age group, you know. I mean, it's one thing to get old and, and you pass away, but, you know, it's, it, it is. It's hard, you know, to look at it. I mean, uh, it is. It's sad. You grown in, Have you grown numb to it? I mean, look, it's just so many of them. I mean, at what point do you put a guard up to, like, keep your emotions in check over the flooding memories of your friends. You getting too serious now? Yeah, man. I mean, but but it, it. I mean, I look and I think, why not me? To be honest. Okay. Really? Yeah. Okay. You know, because I'm very blessed, man. Because I, you know, I mean, it, it can be me that, you know, drinking and driving that had a bad accident. You know, just anything could happen to you, and and uh, and and you don't think about it then. You don't think about it then, but now I just think, you know, you think, why did the Lord save me, man? And I'm sitting here drinking a beer, but but you do, you think about that. Well, that's okay. The yeah. Lord made it possible for us to make beer and enjoy well, it. Well, they drink wine, they too, I mean. Good like fucking wine. Good, good, good fucking wine. Good fucking wine. You know, so. That's Tito. Honey, ma. <laughs> <laughs> I had to. And but, chance I get. But I, but I do, man. <laughs> I just, you know, I'm blessed to be here. I've been with my wife for over 40 years. There you I go. Mean, raised three kids. How much did your wife factor into keeping Tommy Rich alive? Thank you, Mrs. Rich out there. Yes, ma'am. Thank you very much. Yeah. I uh, mean, how much was the know, family she, a factor, you know? She well, one time I said the only time she ever really got on my ass, I was hanging out with the Freebirds a lot, and they was oh. big into the Jack Daniels. Oh, Beer is my cup of tea. Okay, and uh, here is your cup of tea. That whiskey, that whiskey, you know, it makes you feel like you're Andre the Giant or somebody. Yeah. yeah, you know. So, so anyway, I guess I did a couple of bad things, and she told me it was the Jack Daniels of her. So I. You know, I ain't never went cold turkey to nothing, but I said that J.D. to the side. Jack went bye-bye. Yeah. Okay. So but, I'm trying yeah. to envision this, right? Because, again, uh, last time you have, I'm a big Freebird guy, right? Oh, Even yeah. from the Northeast, big yeah. Freebird. But you I'm trying to envision yeah. Tommy Rich sitting with Buddy Jack Roberts, right? <laughs> Michael P.S. Hayes, Terry Gordy. Who's, wow. who's taking up the conversation of you for? Michael. There you go. It's gotta be. Michael. And you're just like, shut up, dude. Like, let me say something. No, I just said there. You couldn't speak over Michael. No, I can't see it. Yeah, I can see. I'll that. tell you a quick story about Michael and the Freebird. Uh, but Jimmy Garvin was with him then. It's after Terry passed. But hmm. but anyway, we wrestled in Charleston, West Virginia, one night, and the Holiday Inn's right next to the Coliseum. So I asked the lady. I said. If I fill this bar up tonight, I said, can the boys drink for nothing? <laughs> and the Holiday Inn, you know, the Holiday hey, Inn bar just. It's filling up. Check, you it's it's going to fill up. They never busy. Yeah. We stayed there a few times. You right. know, it wasn't nothing. So anyway, she looked at me kind of smiled. She said, yeah, you fill this bar up. She said, she said, y'all can drink for nothing. There you go. So anyway. I was and they had Coors Light. She didn't have to drive Back to three. Then I drank Bud Light, actually. So I plugged both of them. Okay, Bud Light. There we go. <laughs> but, you mean but, I could have picked you up Bud Light Sarah, earlier? Can I finish this story before I forget it? No, <laughs> well, you know, my memory's about this long. Yeah, bro. well, we better work Come with on, what, man. We got to work with what works. Hit it. Uh, what was I saying? No. I don't remember. <laughs> what, are you th- what are you kidding? We're going back to being rock and All right, roll. No more wine. You're out. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, no, he man. wants me to I keep some of that good fucking wine myself. No, listen to the guys. Let's get the ain't doing it. There we go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but anyway, we, I asked the lady, I said, we fill the bar up, cool. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. So anyway, I'm wrestling Buzz Sawyer in the main event that night. So I get in there. I said, Buzz, after I kick your ass, we're going right next door to the Holiday Inn Bar and having a party. Oh, boy. Son. You couldn't even get the door <laughs> in the door at the Holiday Inn. There was as many people outside. That lady, she had to treat us, but she was so mad because they had to call extra security, the police, just for the people outside, man. We got out of the car, and I swear to God, like a rock and roll star, they people started chasing us, you know. We ran to the room and got in and then went to the bar, but yeah, there were what, three birds, big Terry Gordy, you know. I mean, he was a team, Buddy Roberts, you know, and Jimmy Garvin, man. That, that was quite the crew. So you kind of flared it, right? You gave the little announcement where you're going to be? Yeah, Ric Flair used to do that on TBS, telling everybody where the party was afterwards. <laughs> well, that's the only time I ever did it. There you go. There you go. 
Uh, speaking of Ric Flair, um, I'm not sure. I, I would assume you're familiar with this uh, show, uh, Dark Side of the Ring, um, covering the flight from hell. Ric Flair was really thrown, uh, you know, under the bus, and he was under the gun for a while. Are you familiar with the flight from hell? And, uh, you know, what are your thoughts on uh, Ric Flair's, what was it, the plane ride so from hell? So, basically... He was swinging his wiener around like a helicopter. Flair was kind of pushing himself on women and being the rock star that Ric Flair that is. That was well. So, yeah. in your opinion, did Ric go overboard often with women or... From what at, you saw. We had Baby Doll in here, and Baby Doll said, hey, look... This guy, it was like eating filet mignon every night. If he wanted a woman, he had ten of them. Right. Ten a night. Right. Eventually, you can't turn that off, right? You're just like women all over. Is, was that Ric Flair? What if he throwing that cheese out, man? <laughs> you know, I don't I, but He's a rock star. Did. Yeah, he was a rock He's star. He's a rock star. No doubt. No doubt. I right. mean, uh, Ric Flair and myself never hung out much. Uh, but he was over like a son of a gun. You guys no were a dream match. Did you get along with him at all? Like in real life? What was your dynamic with uh, Ric Flair? Like personally? Well, it was good business. Okay. What was good business? Did you like him as a person? Though? I'm almost sensitive. Yeah, like I mean, Ric was always nice to me. Okay. I mean, okay. you know, uh, like I said, we never went and had dinner, went out drinking together or nothing. I mean, and if, if he announced the bar he was going to, I might go to a different bar. You Rick know what I'm saying? I mean, uh, so to be fair, Back on Farrell's point, it looked like, like, hey, he was good business for you, but personally you weren't Yeah, big we were fan, too, right? Yeah, yeah. I, we were in two different worlds. I smoked a little weed. He just liked to drink and show his dick. <laughs> so, <laughs> there you go. There yeah, you go. There you go. Paul Harvey with the rest of the story. You, 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 you were speaking about your wife. Did your wife ever come on the road with you, and did she ever meet some of the other wrestlers? I mean, do you have any oh, stories yeah, like Andre that? Andre and my wife was real good friends. Uh, you know, she knew Ricky Martell. I mean – she was, you know, I mean, she, when I met her, you know, I mean, it was, uh, I mean, she went, she didn't go with me all the time. It was a different time, too, like today you bring your girlfriend in. Back then, if she came with me, she'd buy a ticket and come in the door. Right. You know, because my deal was to sign autographs, kiss the girls, and hug the babies. Right. And, which, and she respected that and knew that, you know. But the guys, after the show, my friend, she would meet my friend. Like, like I said, I mean, Stan Hansen was a good friend of ours. You know, I had good friends that in the wrestling business that would come to my house or we would go out and party or whatever, you know. So speak to me about your wife a little bit, right? Because it, I think it takes a special woman. Look, dude, you're a rock star. You're still a rock star to this day. It takes a special woman to be able to handle that kind of pressure, right? I mean, you're on the road. She's certainly... It's got to be worried about that. Women are probably throwing themselves, like, begging and, you know. Tell me tell me about your wife. Tell me what she means to Tommy Rich. Yeah. I'd be one of them tombstones if it wasn't for her. Mm. You know. Huh. I, I mean, I can't promise that, but huh. uh, she's she's always been there. Like, I got three DUIs in two days in Ohio and Clinton. Told the brand new Lincoln out, and I called her, and she sent me money every time. You know, it was our money, but she could have said, "Kiss my ass," you know. But but she's always been there, you know. So let me ask you that dynamic: Did she give you shit like when you'd call her and be like, "I'm in trouble," and she sent you money? Did she rip you a new ass, or was it like she supported no, you? No, I, no. I mean, she was. Um, when I met her, she didn't even know who Tommy Rich was. I met her in Atlanta, Georgia at a bar. She didn't even know nothing about no wrestling. She was from Charleston, South Carolina. Her sister had lived in Atlanta. And I met her at D Fords. You know, we just went to their 50th, 50th reunion in uh, down by Addison, Alabama, you know. Uh, but she, no, she, she's been my, you know, she's always been there. And, uh, I mean, everybody's wife's the best in the world, but, Two bets you could have made back in the day, you know, I'd have been the first one gone, and I'd have been the first one divorced. What I'm made, still here, and my wife's still with What me. made you choose her? Here you are, Tommy Rich. You could have any woman in the world. What made you choose Mrs. Rich? She made Rich? me chase her. <laughs> Bottom line, she didn't know who Tommy Rich was, and I asked her out and asked her out, and uh, it didn't matter. About three months later, we went out and 
it was all good then, you know. And uh, but yeah, she yeah, she's always been there. A little reverse psychology there for the uh, for the rock star, huh? Yeah. Right, we're gonna hit you. We're almost out of time. We're gonna hit you with the Pharaoh's final question, Tommy. I want to thank you again. I thank you, are, you all so much. You are an icon. You are a gentleman. Um, I. It's very hard to find people like yourself, salt oh. of the earth, and you're you're just a good man. And the people at the '80s con go see Tommy Rich because I'm gonna tell you what. Never know when you have that kind Somebody of Somebody say something about fire up, baby. That's it. Here comes a wildfire. Tune in to the Monty Python show. <laughs> Python. Monty Pharaoh, Python. I'm sorry. I got the Monty, Monty Python. Python. What a Sorry. It's all good. Is that glass that good fucking wine I drank? (laughs) Not not for nothing. Monty and the Python sounds good, too. It's all all good. Check out Farrell's Python. This is getting better. All right, Farrell's final question, brother. Out of his head, not scripted. This is going to come from earlier when we were hanging outside ruining your script. But uh, Ric Flair or Harley Race, who's better and why? Wow. Wow. You are on the spot. You're on the spot. Bottom line is, do it, do it. Whether it's Monty, Pharaoh, or me, Harley Race would wrestle your style, your style, and my style. Rick would wrestle his style, and and that's and best of the best. But a general is Harley Race. Harley Race could adjust on the fly to anybody's particular in-ring style. Yeah, bingo. There you go, Mike. That's Pharaoh's question. There's Tommy's answer. And that's that's the answer. That's you know, wild. Fire, again, that answer. Look, I'll be fair. I wasn't a Harley Race guy, right? I just wasn't. He right? was a machine, Harley yeah, Race. But, but you know what? Clearly, I'm wrong because when people come walking through here, great. the respect that the wrestlers like icons like yourself have for, for Harley Race. Clearly, I don't know what I'm talking about, and that. That's he was fine. great, man. That guy was one tough SOB. Tommy, I want to thank Grace. you again. Be safe tomorrow. Enjoy your time with these fans. I'm sure they're going to love it. And do me a favor. Don't let LaGreca grab your ass, okay? Yeah, so, really. Hey, and y'all out he thinks there, you're hot. y'all tune in to Monty and Pharaoh because they the best show in town. Don't miss it. Be there. We'll be right back with Jesse Ventura at 730. Wow. You've been watching Monty and the Pharaoh. Thank you, Tommy. Thank y'all. Later. The great Tommy Rich, everybody.